We might say to ourselves, it's easier just to, I'm going to say paper shuffle, work on this, work on that. And we keep busy, right? Strategy doesn't pay for itself, but we all know it absolutely does. It allows you to shed. It brings up your energy levels. It gives you focus, which by the way, your team picks up on in a heartbeat. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi guys, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Business transformation is our topic of the day. We're talking to Jennifer Goldman of Jennifer Goldman Consultancy about transformation and her IDEOS methodology, integrating, delegate, eliminate, outsource and staff recalibration. We talk about essentialism and how we can pair back to the real uh, items of activities that will really deliver benefit in your business and and the productivity increase that you get off the back of that and a really interesting conversation about staff recalibration. Hi, and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin here, and today I've got the great pleasure of uh, welcoming Jen, Jennifer Goldman. She's a business transformation specialist who's worked with thousands of businesses across the globe, improving their operations, their workflows and processes, but also importantly, helping them to scale and to grow. Jen, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Well, thank you. So glad to be here. So, um, reaching over to the East Coast of the US today for this conversation. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about you, your background, your career background, and a bit about Jen as a person. Okay. So, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, which most people in the world know because of Niagara Falls, (laughs) and kind of graduated from college a little bit early. I really wanted to get out in the working world and worked for banks and did internships, kind of actually drumming up processes and procedures that um, really boosted the businesses, and then switched to becoming a financial planner. So, I moved to Boston, Massachusetts, again, (laughs) back history story. and I moved there to be a financial planner. And what I, in my 20s, realized is I absolutely loved running the business. So as much as I loved working with business owners on finance, I more wanted to do way more than that. And so in my 30s, I started working within financial services, transforming businesses. And then I'm going to say age 32, 33, I became a consultant. So as I joke, I went to the dark side and I became a provider instead of an advisor. Um, and ever, I've been doing that ever since. So for over 15 years, um, working with businesses, really trying to help them scale up without losing their mind, uh, losing all that energy that they had when they started the business. So that's, and you know, and uh, that's a really sort of... Uh, difficult balance to get so without losing that energy losing the passion and losing the love for the reason why they got into the business in the first place yes. so um what kind of size businesses do you tend to work with uh usually they're between one and ten million in gross revenue and usually it's reoccurring revenue hopefully so great so uh, well, we, we work absolutely in that kind of same target audience no. so um you get to a point when businesses are growing where the way that they were doing things whilst they had been successful in the past are no longer going to cut it in terms of getting that business to scale. So what what are some of the signs that a business owner, a management team need to change things if they're going to successfully scale to the next level? Yeah, well, 
you know, there's the quantitative signs and then there's the gut signs. So yeah. on the gut, right, it's you, you know, listen, you don't enjoy getting up in the morning. You're not as happy to see your team when you're on now, for now, Zoom calls. Um, you, you know, the numbers don't look great. Like you're looking at your, I would say, P&L projections and looking back and looking forward. And it just looks pretty flat. It's pretty stagnant. So that's a quantitative, right? Sure. Um, so there, there are some signs. There's fatigue among the team. You know, people are kind of like not stepping in to take on new initiatives and new projects or making suggestions. Um, you're finding yourself as the owner. I'm going to call it paper shuffling. But mm. the idea you're kind of filling yourself up with busy work instead of strategy. Yeah, that's another, yeah. another big sign. So there's lots of them, but those are the general ones I see. So when you um, meet a, a new client where they're starting to recognize some of those issues, what, what's your process? How, how do you, what's the, what's the process you take a client through in order to help them to overcome that, get some of the yeah. passion, get some of the focus and the purpose back in and, and, and then start that journey of growth again? Yeah. So the first thing I do is we do a, a huge brain dump. Well, actually, I should step back. The first thing that we do is I look at their P&L just to see kind of patterns. And I can see that because I'm objective and non-emotional right? Yep. Um, I asked their team members to fill out a life career mission statement, which is not a job description. It actually talks about your roles and your career path and your personal path. It's a one pager, which I love, but it's really focused on both, you know, the home and the work life. Um, so I take all that in, in advance. Then uh, we work through brain dumping. So I literally take everything up in their head that's mucky-muck. It's gray, it's confusing, it's initiatives, it's everything. And we put it into an online collaborative software. And just by doing that and starting to organize things and show a theme and then attach them to goals that they had in the back of their mind, I, I got to be honest, it's like a weight gets lifted. And then we start really jumping into lots of other, uh, lots of changes. And you, you, have, you have your own um, process that you use? Yes. So you know, I follow it every time. Yeah. I, and listen, it's, you know, people say, well, where did you get that from? I got it from my own business. Like I'm lucky enough to be blessed and cursed with being self-aware. So I was able to literally watch what I was doing in my own business from hiring people to working with like everything and saying, my God, I'm, I keep, every time I go to a new business to do this, I keep following the same process and it works. So let's just do it. So right. I, oh, I do follow the same process every time now. Yeah. So I D E O S. Yes, I did not misspell that. By the way, no, <laughs> I was like, you misspelled. So that mantra, yes, is every time I look at an area of the business, I actually follow that. That's how my brain actually processes information and comes up with change ideas. So this idea of integrating, you know, what can I kind of put together in terms of uh, data flow? right? Between systems. Uh, what can I delegate? Like, what can I give to an outside provider or a staff member or, you know, what can I eliminate? That's the fun one. Either through automation or literally say, like essentialism, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not needed. And then what can I outsource? I'm a huge fan of using interim um, outside providers or experts. And then how do I recalibrate the staff? So that's where the ideas came from. Great. Let's just dive into each one of those because I love that. And the, 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 what that cuts through to, you know, the heart of the, all of that is productivity, isn't it? It's creating, it's, it's helping them get away from the day-to-day -day busyness and so that they've got more time to focus on growth and strategy. So let's, can we just dive into each one of those in terms of sure. so integrating? Yeah. 
So this is what I do for that. I actually uh, copied Stanford's design thinking, which is this idea of visualization, which we, we now all talk about, and actually take the software programs and start literally taking color <laughs> markers, and now it's a little more sophisticated, um, and drawing lines about what data could flow between systems. Okay. So this, this concept of what can I integrate between, let's say, a CRM and a calendar system, yeah, like yeah. I used, we used, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so that it kind of automates and takes care of things. So that's the first thing is it's all design thinking, you can whiteboard it and so forth. Look for those data flows and the beauty is your providers, your tech providers actually wanna help you. So if you draw this out and you put like all your software in little boxes and you don't have any lines, you could literally scan an email that to their support desk and say, is there an integration I'm missing? And because they visually see it, they'll instantly tell you. It's Brilliant. Yeah, but again, Great little right? worker, a little tip that I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, you want me to go to the next one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so delegate. So this is a tough one because it's about control. And I always admit to people, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'm actually a quality control person. That's how I started in finance industry. So the idea of delegating is delegating with control, but not have to micromanage. So I'm a big believer in delegating to free up your energy as the you know, C-level owner or leader in the business. But how do you do it where you feel like you haven't lost control? So again, to me, common sense, document. Don't delegate in an email box. It's a black hole. Delegate in a, a CRM or a tasking system. I don't care what it is. Do it that way and always be clear about when you want something done. Yeah. So it's, it's, so I talk about delegating, but I talk about delegating with control. Right. Okay. Eliminate. Okay. So two parts of eliminate. One is the automation. The idea, again, like you and I, we scheduled this call and we didn't have to do anything else. We don't have to be our own admin. So there was all that work that got eliminated, right? The other part of eliminate is essentialism. Really taking a look at that, remember I mentioned that brain dump of all these different ideas that you have and saying, what is the benefit to each of these ideas or improvements or things I wanna do? And if you can't define the benefit, and furthermore, if you can't define who's gonna lead it or champion it or when you should do it, it, it goes in the elimination pile. Like it, it just doesn't belong. So again, the, there's the easier one that most firms gravitate to is automation. But the harder one is it's mindset, right? Yeah. I, I shouldn't be doing this. It's not my highest calling. It's not our business. My, it's taking me away from the core of the business. Just ditch it. Essentialism. I love that. Now, in that moment when you could probably get quite excited about you're about to clear lots of things off your plate, yeah. is there a risk that you might say, yes, that's not uh, adding enough value, that's not helping us to get towards our objectives, but in so doing, we miss an interdependency? So you're about... So how, what, what's your kind of safeguard? Is it one of those things that you, you come up with a, a sample list of all the things that you could eliminate and then you revisit it after a period of time and you, you, you yes. kind of devil's advocate, what would happen if it wasn't there? Yeah, so this is how I eliminate and how I suggest my owners. Again, remember that mastered brain dump list? Mm -hmm. It's in a software program. So you can actually take the item, for instance, let's say market complete. We all know it doesn't disappear. It just comes off of your main page of things to think about you can resurface those. Or you can put a later date on it. Like there's some things that I think, eh, maybe it's a great idea, but not this year. 
-hmm. So I put a date that's two years out. It goes right. to the bottom of the list. So for visualization, right, of elimination, it's not there at the top list. And my thing is I look at my list and my owner every month. We go to that list every month because you're totally right. There's certain elements of that that might need to get pulled back into today because they are interrelated. And, and, you know, to do things right, it's a web, right? There's so many different pieces. So, yes, I do back up. And that's the beauty of the software program. It gets out of your head. It prioritizes and organizes it, but it doesn't let you lose those great ideas if you think they might need to be resurrected. So, yeah, yes, yeah, so that answers the question. Okay. And I uh, just want slightly tangential about the um, about productivity and management of tasks on software programs. Um, I, I find myself loving those systems uh, and, and using, you know, trying different ones. So my favorite of the moment is Monday.com. And, and I'm using those, but then all of a sudden, those lists get longer and longer. And then <laughs> yeah. I find myself then with summarized handwritten notes of what my priorities for the day and the week are. Mm -hmm. And then I've, I've kind of added extra step, steps in. So I've all these pieces around, you know, eliminate, I find myself almost overcomplicating because I got overwhelmed by how long the list on the online, the cloud software yeah. was. So what do you find works in, because I'm sure I'm not the only one to have that. So we're all the same, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I will say this, you have to, it's really hard. You have to look, you have to kind of step back and look at the themes. So the way I do the listing and the brain dumping is I really do set some major goals. Think of it yeah. like visually at the top, okay? Like a column, yeah. okay? So yeah. there's a goal. And then I start to organize the items underneath the goals. And what I find is a lot of them tuck under a major task. So to me, a task is like a project. And then I say, oh, but I realized within that project, those five other ideas actually fold up underneath it. So then I can collapse it. So when I look at the goals and then I look at the quote major tasks, there is a lot of hidden items underneath and I see a little icon, but my eyes don't see it. So I don't have as much of a panic <laughs> and an anxiety moment. Again, I'm visually based. What do they say? 95% of people are something visually based. That does keep you calmer and keep things organized. So just look for the pattern of things that kind of tuck in under a major project or initiative and then literally physically tuck them in and almost soft hide them. And do you find the, do they call it the Kanban view where they've got the columns and you yes. can drag, you find that's the most effective for you personally? It depends for me. And that like I use the sauna. So use Monday. It's yeah, a great yeah. program, right? I use Asana because I'm a little project management in my blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a board. So that's what I'm describing. The board, yeah, I love people, those, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but some people like the list. Yeah, okay. And the list looks almost like Excel with indentations, right? Yeah, yeah. The, you and I both work with business owners, so what works for us doesn't for others. So this is the problem. You almost have to find a program that visually offers you several different ways. And then the title of those boards, those columns in the, sorry, the title of the those columns the in the boards, those are the goals. Yeah. Yeah. And like I want to get 25 more customers or uh, that equals 30, you know, 50,000 of gross revenue, or I want to get rid of the role, the hat I wear for, I don't know, compliance or sales. That's another goal, right? <laughs> so, Love that. 
Yeah. I, and I like the clarity then, so that the action, so you, then you have projects underneath there and then sub actions underneath those. But the focus of everything in that column is about, is the pursuit of the achievement of that goal. That's right. And you then start to see the wood for the trees because it's. That's it's, right. And, right. and of course, then when you look at that, I, I've not heard that distinction before. That's why I'm getting quite excited um, because then that helps you with the, that whole thought process about what's essential and what's not. Right. Is this in pursuit of that goal? That's right. It Love ties it. it all together. But you and I both know the heart. I think the hardest part is spending the time doing this, yeah. right? We might say to ourselves, it's easier just to, I'm going to say paper shuffle, work on this, work on that. And we keep busy, right? Strategy doesn't pay for itself, but we all know it absolutely does. It allows you to shed. It brings up your energy levels. It gives you focus, which by the way, your team picks up on in a heartbeat. The minute you have clarity, your team has clarity, they're more productive. I mean, and that's the one thing I can't describe. I have to, people have to trust this. They have to try it and stick with it. And I always say, follow the London study, 66 days. This is like a habit. And believe you me, it is just going to grow the business naturally. Like all of a sudden, the clarity will bring, you'll have clients or prospective clients reaching out to you. Be like, where did that come from? I didn't even do any more marketing. It's almost like it's just the universe knows you've got it together. And it pays for itself. And, you know, it's that old analogy that, you know, when you're ready, when you create space, then stuff will show up for that space, won't it? And more of what you do want, but you've actually created some organization. So we've had integrating, we've had delegate, we've had uh, eliminate, which is a combination of automation and what's essential, essentialism. So next one, outsource. Yes. So when I started this, oh my God, anyway, long time ago, um, it was the idea of using US-based outsource providers. Sure. So and that wasn't that I was against using global providers, but um, I also work in financial services. We have the SEC and all sorts of things. So <clears throat> there was a reason for this. <clears throat> and it was a huge hit. I was already using outside providers that were contract workers, basically you could call them that, but they actually have established their own formal companies. So you have like virtual receptionists and virtual assistants and virtual marketing people, right? Well, now it's mainstream. Yes. Back then it wasn't. So I started creating a directory, which was called Excel, and that got to be brutal. So um, I took it online and created a free directory online. And now I think we're up to like 500 providers. It's just, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's unbelievable. But there's so much opportunity out there, right? But everybody wants that expertise on their team. So I always say to business owners, when there's something you don't want to do, and you set a goal to delegate it, right? Then think about who on your team wants to do it. Well, if you've done that like life career and you realize that nobody has an interest in doing, let's just say social media blurbs, right? Yep. Yep. Right. You, but you know, you need it. Go out and find an outside provider that that's what they do. That's their expertise. Their reputation depends on it. And that's all they do. They don't want to ask you for more. They don't want to climb, climb the career ladder. They don't want full-time work. They just want to do that. And that's an outside provider. Right. Awesome. Yep. And uh, so you actually got your own your own database then of over five hundred providers. And is <laughs> is that is, is that something that you offer externally to people to have yeah, access free. to? It's free. It's free. Yeah. So how do I people just, find out about that? I just if you go to jennifergoldmanconsulting.com and the resources page, you'll see a button. It'll Great. say. Yeah. And are those providers now global, or are they still purely U.S. based? No, they are now global. 
Yes. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. So then um, staff recalibration. Yeah, this is the big one. So when you redo a process or improve a process, right, or you have a project or initiative, it always comes down to your people. I mean, we've always heard the adage, your people are the most important. There's no question. So they're not at the end of this IDOs for any reason then. You almost have to go through the iteration of thinking what you want to change and do. And then you got to remember that your people's roles and responsibilities change mm -hmm. around whatever you just decided. Mm -hmm. So this is about what I call recalibration. The idea that you're going to switch their roles, their responsibilities, and hopefully in the direction of what they want their career path to be. Okay. So yeah. I, and I do something, again, very simple, one pager, but I do a role chart. So I actually, in Excel, you can do this, right? You define each area of the business. So I have a client-facing role chart, and I have a business operations role chart. Yep. So let's do the business ops. It's easier to think about. So business ops is like, who does accounting? Who does um, marketing, right? Who does HR? And then I have tiers. Who's the decision maker? Who's the implementer and who's the admin right i play musical chairs with people's names yeah you look at their career path right you look at where you need or have a, a gap and you start to fill it and then you start to realize where you have a gap that you can't fill with somebody on your team and then that's a question does that become a goal to hire or does that become an outsource goal great so Typically, this process, the idios, idios process, in, integrate, delegate, eliminate, outsource, and then staff uh, recalibration. How m long does that take? How many iterations would you go yeah. through that? Um, I, well, I'm when helping businesses, I'm doing it all the time. I bet, yeah. But for them, to, I guess the question is, what do you mean when it becomes a habit? Like, how long does it take to become a habit? Because it's ingrained. Um, you probably have to go through it for about three to four months. And, and then it becomes because, the way we do things around here. Yeah, because you got to trust it, right? You got to see yeah. that it actually works and it, it gives you clarity and it saves you from making costly mistakes and, you know, people, culture, whatever. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say three to four months. So then, um, presumably, once that's running and it's become a part of day-to-day um, -day thinking within that business then you freed up some space to start to look at strategy growth what needs to happen in order to scale a business yeah and that's where you go right back to that brain dump board right with the goals and you refine yeah. it i mean listen yeah. we're always in continuous improvement right so you go back and refine it with that kind of mindset and things become more clear and you keep doing that i don't know i tell people every quarter at the very least is when you want to go back to the master plan Hi, Gavin here. I wanted to say a huge thank you. Thank you to all of you who have bought a copy of my book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. The feedback's been excellent. Copies have gone to all four corners of the planet. I'm so grateful and humbled. I also wanted to let you know that now the audiobook version is out. The audio format can be got from audible.co.uk or audible.com or from my website, surviveandthrive.cc. It was a lot of fun recording the audiobook and hopefully you'll pick up my passion as I take you through all the insights, strategies and case studies to help you not only survive but thrive through uncertain times. So go to audible.com or audible.co.uk to check out Survive and Thrive by Gavin Preston or grab it from my website surviveandthrive.cc.
uh, that brain dump and produce presumably uh, new ideas are being generated all the time oh, you're yeah. constantly adding to that brain dump kind of like database or whatever yeah, yeah. exactly yep that's why I, I mean listen i don't you want to tell business leaders and owners to take a break when they're not working but the fact is they're always thinking so i do believe in that case to have a mobile app so it gets out of your brain because yeah. i think listen i'm a parent of two they call me out when i'm not mentally there right when i'm like thinking about the i know business. that feeling yeah, yeah you know right okay so you listen we're not going to lie about it but find some way to get it out of the brain and into the system so i literally have a mobile app where i just brain dump and then I'm done. I can come back to the family. I think that's really important because sometimes you have the best epiphanies, what, in the shower? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're looking at your kid and they say something and they gave you the epiphany. Yeah. I mean, right. So, yeah. Um, that cadence of every quarter is something that um, I've used for a number of years now, uh, sitting down. It had been previously kind of off-site, face-to-face, you know, pre-COVID, but would sit down once a quarter with my clients and that would be a review process on um, how they've done over this last quarter. And then a mixture of strategic and then tactical type conversation around here's some here and now, but where do we want to be? Or what do we need to adjust over the next coming quarter and the one after that in order to be able to hit our annual goals? So I just think it, that's a really powerful time frame just to keep momentum going on in uh, over the course of the year yeah no it, it's great and you know when you do that i'm sure that they're having more epiphanies right and then it's yeah. coaching them through the prioritization like does this get attention now does it fold yeah. under something else it's just so one of the results of this work taken through the process is that you basically elevate the focus you up you, you lift the focus of everybody in a business so a they're working on stuff that's in pursuit of a business or and or personal goal and b they're doing more of the things that they enjoy doing and they're naturally good at and naturally excel at so one of your byproducts of this presumably is an increase in morale engagement and output yeah. yes yeah. yeah and the collaboration right sure. this idea that you could, if you wanted, bring in your other C-level, your leaders, your to-be leaders, and show them, okay, I've got this going on. What do you think? I mean, that is unbelievable for culture. And, um, you know, listen, that boosts the business unto itself without spending an extra dime. Love that. Um, one of the titles of the books off, to your, uh, off your left-hand side there is Your Next Big Project Is You. <laughs> So that's from a coach like you that sent me that book. And that's actually for me. That's really not for you, anybody. Um, you know, uh, we have to be aware of where we as leaders and owners need to evolve. And I, for sure, I'm a big, I mean, no, you're a big fan of it. I look at your book and everything yeah. that you're doing, right? This idea that you can't point fingers at your people as much as we are doing. And it's understandable. I've been through it. I'm an owner um, with, with staff, but uh, you got to work on yourself. And obviously uh, resources, books like that um, are, a, are a really good prompt, a really good reminder. Yeah. Do you have a, a process, a, a, a ritual that helps you uh, stay attuned to your sort of reflection, your awareness that helps you get your insights? 
Uh, I do, and I've fallen off the wagon a little on this. I do read the Stoics. There's a oh, book yeah. by Ryan Holiday, the 365. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so you know, I love it because, of course, you can do it in two minutes, although I have managed not to do that for the last five days. But the idea would be I'd read one page, right, for the Stoics. Um, I happen to be an empath. I just realized that last year, which is why I'm tired all the time, <laughs> soaking everybody's pain and energy. So I do have... Um, a book for empaths where it's also a one pager, that same format of just one page a day. Great. And so I do to get, to be okay with realizing that I don't know everything, there's more to learn and there's more to change or, you know, shift a little bit. Those are my two go-tos. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, profitability then. So at the heart of all of this is if more members of our team and its leadership are focusing on more of the time on what matters, Ultimately, that's going to lead to profitability. Um, have you seen any stories over the, you know, the last six months where everything's been thrown up in the air in terms of businesses where this actually this time has caused people to reflect, to look at their cost base and look at their revenues and, and actually have seen increases, improvements in profitability? Yeah, I think that there's more of a acknowledgement of what things that they could eliminate, right? Sure. And that goes, there we go. So the cost line. Um, be a little bit more lean. I, I would say that this has also caused people to look at their own personal finances more. Mm-hmm. And being an, a past financial planner, I'm so happy with that because I think as a business owner too, we get trapped into this. As we make more, we might take more, but we, we lose our, our end game for our personal finances. And uh, we trade off enjoyment with just working harder. And so... Mm. What I do find is business, I call it, lean, you know, going more lean is definitely happening. The other thing I found, and maybe it just because that's who I talk with, is this idea of doing forward projections. Like I've always believed you take that P&L, <clears throat> profit and loss statement, sorry, from past year and then project forward the changes. Like let's say you want to hire somebody. Well, put it in uh, September and see what it does to the bottom line, you know, from September. Or you want to add a new software program or you want to, you know, what huge marketing. I find more businesses are starting to do forward projections. And it isn't because I don't think the media is talking about it. I just think naturally we're, get, we're trying to get control over the numbers. And those yeah. forward projections are amazing because they really do help let you know that you can keep profitability strong through all the change. And are they using the budget functionality and their uh, cloud accounting software to do that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot in the US, a lot of people use QuickBooks. So you just download it to Excel month to month and then you start dumping numbers in. It's not, you know, for those that can use Excel, right? I know there are some owners that have no touch Excel, but I think they're learning. (laughs) Uh, And not only are I seeing people looking at uh, profit and loss projections, but they're also paying a lot more attention to cash flow projections. Yeah. So, pre this um i I was you could go into organizations and they wouldn't have an up-to-date cash flow forecast they may have prepared one the last time they had to provide their bank manager an update um but it's not a living document and certainly one of the first things i'm doing with clients is particularly if cash has been tight this becomes a living breathing document yeah that's so great that you do that i mean I, i would imagine when you do that often enough that it becomes a habit for them Yes. Right. Yeah. Like it's almost like that quarterly brain dump and looking at the business plan. And that's what I say is you just have to get in the habit for one year of every quarter refreshing, even if it's just opening it and looking at it, that is starting to form that habit and seeing patterns and then starting to refine it. I don't, 
I don't know why up until now businesses weren't doing that. And maybe we we're just so busy, you know, in general, just, I don't know, trying to get new clients and forgetting that strategy matters. But I do find that this COVID has caused that. Yeah. And people start to, as you say, run a business, not just for the turnover figures. They start to run it for the profitability, but also making sure that they're achieving and they're getting from their business and their life, their life what they what they want from it rather than yeah. on that on that treadmill of busyness yeah. all of the time. Yeah. Um, any other things that you've seen happening recently that have really helped in terms of growing productivity? So we've talked, sorry, profitability, I beg your pardon. So we've talked about going leaner, both personally and, and, and in the business. We've mm-hmm. talked about forward projections. Yeah. What else have you seen has helped with increasing profitability? I do believe that this COVID cycle of having to work remotely has uh, forced the hand of working more collaboratively and forced you to use systems more. So what I've seen is that there is more ability for team members to say, hey, C-level owner or leader, let me take that on because now they see that it needs to be done. Um, maybe because again, you're putting more into the systems because you have to, you're not there to just bug each other over cubicle walls. Right? Sure, sure. So I think that's one thing I've seen. And maybe again, I'm just being the optimist and, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing what I want to see. Um, what else have I seen? Um, I've seen really interesting focus on marketing instead of the splash brain, more deliberate. And okay. that's interesting because I don't know about you, but businesses are brain. just no question. Like, you have to reinvent how you sell business development and marketing. But what I've seen is this focus of, I'm not going to splash and spray anymore. I'm going to really think about how I want to get my message out. Like you're podcasting, right? And other people are doing short videos, but they're not doing podcasting, short videos and blurbs and a newsletter. So that's been interesting. And I don't know if it's driven by looking at the profit loss and saying, I'm spending too much on marketing, which some businesses definitely were. Um, or if it's that I'm stretched too thin and I realize that this isn't really feeding my pipeline. So yes. now let me think about what my, I want my voice to be. Yes. So that's another trend that I'm starting, not even starting to see. I started to see it actually at the beginning of the summer. Um, question around mindset then. Um, where do you, in a period where the media and uh, some people's social media feeds would love to fear into everybody yeah. and and create hysteria what what how do you advise how do you help your clients from a mindset point of view to keep their cool when others <laughs> around are starting to create fear particularly when we're now talking about second waves and etc yes. yeah um i probably get into that less than you do um because i more jump in the weeds of fixing the operations and teaching them how to lead however uh I think it goes back to, again, to the brain dumping and the goals of just trying to stay focused on what the goals are and don't let the fear drive you. Yeah. And the other thing I do, which I didn't realize until you just asked the question, is I really tell them to get on video or podcasting because I feel like get a positive message out that way because by indirectly, by them trying to send a positive message out, it helps their positivity. It does. Yes, that's yeah, a really right? good observation. I love that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just just now because you asked the question, right? I didn't even realize psychologically it's probably helping their mood 
by just forcing them to communicate outwardly positively. So um, I've been a, a big, I've been a big component, you know, pushing them on that. And that's such good advice, you know, to, to, to get out there on video and on podcast, yeah. speak to other business people, tell the good stories, uh, right. start to focus on the things that are going well, rather than, you know, uh, look, you know, moaning amongst yourselves about the things right. that might be struggling or going wrong. Yeah. Well, it's how I grew up. Like my parents brought me up of don't complain, solve it do it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that kind it. of attitude, right? It's a Nike yeah. mantra, but it's kind of, I even did that this weekend. Everybody of course was very upset about, you know, Ruth Ginsburg dying. And I said, okay, we can all sit here and moan and cry about it, or we can just start working on something, anything. It doesn't matter what it is to make it more positive and to feel like you can affect change. So I think as a business owner or leader, it's the same deal. Like the reason you're in business is you believed in whatever you're selling right? Whether it's a product or a service. So go and talk about it. Go educate people for free for that matter. It does, two minutes here, a hundred words there, whatever it is. And that alone should make you feel like you're breaking that fear cycle and you're helping people out of fear, which then helps you. Huh? Good. I love that. Really yep. powerful. <laughs> so Jen, if anybody wants to find out more about you, what you do by way of uh, transformation within businesses, how do they do that? Um, they can go to Jennifer Goldman Consulting, very simple. Or if they want DIY, they can go to Jen Goldman Consulting, but either way they'll find. I have online Fantastic. curriculum, so yeah. Fantastic. That's been a real privilege. I have got a number of distinctions, but that just by way of a recap, the process that Jen uses is um, IDEOS. How do you pronounce it, IDEOS, IDEOS? Adios, you got Adios, it. Adios, adios. <laughs> so integrating, delegate, eliminate, outsource, and then the S being for staff recalibration. I love that. And then I can see the power of that just becoming um, habit, the way we do things around here in business, which I think is very powerful that frees people up from the uh, the day-to-day. And the other key uh, takeaway is that whether you're using Asana, Trello, Monday, whichever one it is that you use, then and you use the Kanban view, the columns, um, then each column title could be your goal, which I think that's a really powerful way of sorting out the wheat from the chaff in terms of what you making sure you're spending time on the things that really matter. Jen, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been fun. Great conversation, some fantastic insights from Jen. I just love the clarity that you get when you're linking your activities and your tasks to a particular goal. And you can, that whole idea of essentialism, asking yourself the question all again and again, is this activity in pursuit of that goal? That clarity gives you real power and can help you cut out a lot of the busyness so that you are focusing on the things that really are going to take you closer towards your goal. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.